Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the now obsolete interdepartmental memo carrying owls of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who all have deeply held beliefs on which Ministry of Magic floor we'd work on. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing? Suddenly distraught to realize about all the unemployed owls that previously had very gainful employment inside the Ministry of Magic. I hadn't pondered that. Well, I think they that we probably figured took out care what they... of them in the general way that things get taken care of in this world. Sorry, what were you we saying, Sarah? I well, I actually I think that our points are actually possibly not that far apart from each other. <laughs> I think that they went to work at Hogwarts, and we saw them in Book One delivering all kinds of letters to Harry Potter that were not reaching him. <laughs> Optimist versus pessimist summarized right here. <laughs> So we are here on the fifth book of Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And we are on chapter, what number chapter is it? Seven. Chapter seven, um, which the is of magic. the Ministry of Magic. And that is I was hoping all we get. That, that's true. I was hoping that, that we were going to be the uh, watery house elf ears of <laughs> Mayhem Talks. But obviously that all seems reasonable. We hold multitudes here in this podcast. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, so we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. We have uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer. Uh, we award house points, which is going to be a little bit of a crapshoot this time around. And um, then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles. And this is exactly the type of chapter in which I expect many questions. <laughs> I have a few. And quibbles and qualms. Nope, just questions. Not the least of which is uh, the hubcap-sized coins in the fountain, which we will get to. (sighs) Fair fair enough. Um, But let's start with the recap, I guess. Uh, Sarah, this is a... It's a chapter with a lot of lore and a lot of world building, but it's only like seven pages. It's like 15 pages. Let's get it straight. Don't get it twisted. Kindle pages are really weird in terms of how they describe what a page is. They are. And also very amusingly and frustratingly, the last page for me at least ends in where it looks like it's going to go on because it mm-hmm. ends all the way at the bottom. <clears throat> oh, and then it's no. just like, oh, well, and this chapter kind of ends abruptly. Yes. And so it was a very funny, uh, I wonder if it was edited like that on purpose. <laughs> this is, thus far, this is kind of like, the book in which we get abrupt chapter endings. It has We're always like more than a few occasions. about to go through a door. <laughs> and it's often where the, the door is something we've seen two chapters in advance and they keep taunting us where, where, where we're going to end up. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Harry Potter and the foreshadowed door. <laughs> Sarah, how long do you think this chapter is going to take you? I don't, I'm not going to make a bet on this one. I'm just going to go under two minutes. I This is a short chapter. I believe that my summary is quite short, and we know how that trips me up on the betting. So oh, yeah. let's yeah. Uh, let's just get it done with so that we can talk more about which, uh, which departments we'd want to work in. <laughs> All right. Stopwatch is ready if you are. At your pleasure. Harry wakes up at about the time BJ does and heads down to the kitchen where um, the Weasley, Sirius, Lupin, and Tonks are waiting. Over breakfast, it finally seems to hit Harry that things could actually go terribly wrong for him at this hearing. He zones in and out of a conversation about Scringemore asking questions and night duty. Mr. Weasley assures him the hearing will be with Amelia Bones, uh, who's very fair and low-key. Plus, Harry has the law on his side. Harry and Mr. Weasley take off early. They're taking the underground, and Mr. Weasley could not be more thrilled or confused. When they make it above ground again, Mr. Weasley gets them to a back alley in a disused telephone box, the visitor's entry to the Ministry of Magic. They squeeze in, and it looks decidedly out of order until Mr. Weasley dials a number, a voice answers, and asks their name and business. A visitor's badge spits out for Harry, and the whole box descends into the ground. They emerge in a very government-building lobby, complete with wishing fountain um, with proceeds going to charity, and uh, they go through security, which includes a wand check, 
They move um, to the elevator, which takes them through many departments and opens doors to brief and chaotic views of different floors, as well as flying interdepartmental memos. Arthur's floor is the same as the Aura's offices, uh, where the walls are plastered with wanted posters of Sirius, and they run into Kingsley Shacklebolt. He and Arthur have a clandestine conversation in between cold office updates. He smuggles a magazine to Harry. In the cramped misuse of Muggle Artifacts office, Harry settles in with the magazine, The Quibbler, to wait and get updates on a spate of uh, regurgitating public toilets. But then Perkins comes in in a panic. They've moved the hearing, brought it before the full wizen gamut, and moved the time up to five minutes ago. They sprint to the courtrooms near the Department of Mysteries and finally make it to courtroom 10. Mr. Weasley sends Harry in alone. Uh, with plenty of time to spare. Yes. Not even 140. No, 139 and some change. Um, 82. But again, mostly a, this is a chapter in transit. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. Of those. Um, yeah. And they're usually relatively short. Usually relatively short, and usually, in the best of cases, like these, peppered with those sort of world-building details that I find so fascinating, and BJ occasionally finds fascinating, and frequently finds maddening. <laughs> <laughs> or so finds a horrible taunt. <laughs> dive into yes mm. and chew on um we also have a bunch of other things that this is uh we're back to form mm. so uh i have a sentence for you to try on sarah okay yep um, where is it I- i'm not gonna make you read this one i'm gonna make you read the uh paragraph sentence that we have a little later on uh probably two-thirds into the chapter okay this fun one uh is trying not to think of the next time he would see Ron, comma, when they might no longer be fellow students at Hogwarts, comma, Harry walked quietly down the stairs, comma, past the heads of creatures' ancestors, comma, and into the kitchen. Period. Mm-hmm. That's a few clauses. Um, I mean, it is. Uh, you, you might expect to see something like that on, on a, a well-traveled Christmas uh, Eve, perhaps. Um, I, I will actively admit, or I will admit that I like actively glazed over when reading this sentence. And the reason that I know that and am remembering it now is because mm-hmm. I got to the end of this pa- paragraph and my eyes latched onto creatures' ancestors. And I was like, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> I have absolutely missed something. Nothing else registered. Yes. Um, but the sentence that I'm going to uh, foist upon you Hmm. Um, is quite a bit later in the chapter. It's probably in the last page or two. Okay. Uh, it starts, he beckoned to Harry and let him out of Kingsley's cubicle. Okay, I... Yes, okay. I've got it. Oh, boy. There's only one period there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he beckoned to Harry and led him out of Kingsley's cubicle, comma, through a set of oak doors, comma, into another passage, comma, turned left, comma, marched along another corridor, comma, turned right into a dimly lit and distinctly shabby corridor, comma, and finally reached a dead end, comma, where a door on the left stood ajar, comma, revealing a broom cupboard, comma, and a door on the right bore a tarnished brass plaque reading misuse of muggle artifacts, period. Dear Uh, God, insert a semicolon somewhere. They might be collecting for uh, the Salvation Army at this point. So this actually reminds me (laughs) of, simply because this is also like directionally based, Mm -hmm. I um, wrote a short story for a class in high school that um, was essentially, and I will say that this was before The Girl on the Train came out and it was my idea first, but anyway... (laughs) This It was a story that was structured around a series of drives that a girl made home with her mom. So she was in the passenger seat and they would, you know, mm-hmm. take the same direction. So I started every little um, vignette of a section with whatever that set of turns in the neighborhood was, right? So if it was yeah. right turn, mm-hmm. left turn, veer to the left, stop sign, blah, blah, blah. And so I um, wrote this story and... I had to read it out loud in class, which <laughs> somebody we were, somebody is delightfully evil. <laughs> um, and you know, it had probably eight to ten times in this story, like the repetition of these directions, and it mm-hmm. feels like a pretty innocuous story as as you go through it. And so, 
my classmates, because they're 16 years old and terrible, started mm-hmm. like doing hand motions for the, the directions, right? YMCA oh, style. Okay. Um, I, I would say joining in on the course. Yeah. <laughs> either better or worse. And uh, yeah, I don't sure know. Which. It was interpretive dance instead. Um, which was all well and good until they realized that it was a story about a miscarriage. And, um, <laughs> and fun was spoiled. They felt a little silly after that, I think. Mm. Anyway, um, that's my personal share for the for the episode. We'll set the tone going forward. Well, yeah, you. no, but that is one doozy, um, <clears throat> doozy of a directionally laden paragraph, BJ. I I live to find these and share them with you guys. <laughs> um, we have some other fun ones for this chapter. Um, I am going to pronounce a, a name, um, and then Sarah, I'd like you to correct me. Okay. Um, Scrimger? Scringemore. Mm, I disagree with your correction. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. It's S-C-R-I-M-G-E-O-U-R. Anyway. Hold on, let me find it, because this is a name that actually... Comes up. Comes up in the movies. Uh, so in, like, there the is, like, page. a pronunciation for it. It was talking to Tox. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised when it was in this chapter. I did not remember him being mentioned. Hey, Spencer. Get out uh-huh. your red yarn because uh, this puppy's coming back. Scrimgeour is coming back? Apparently. Mental note. Yeah, I think they take some liberties with it in the movie pronunciation because why would you pronounce it like it's written here? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and that's sort of the problem that I'm having here or entertainment with it. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to point out in... Uh, two paragraphs from here, um, is that somehow his pieces of toast were like chewing carpet, um, which is just sort of a fascinating way of saying things. Um, in, in all sorts of ways, I, where, where did this come from? Um, we're going to continue with, uh, Harry not being told to shower in the morning or not figuring out to shower in the morning and... Do do wizards just not really bathe, or does do the Weasleys just sort of like magic off the grime? And like I'm sort of unclear what's going on. I imagine that there wasn't a particularly uh, useful bathing apparatus at the Black household, uh, but Molly Weasley's attempt with a wet comb and also a completely insane thing. I assume she's just like dousing the comb with water and trying, and that. I don't know what's going on here, but it is completely insane. And I feel like so this that's is something... A, that's a pretty common thing to do to try to fix cowlicks. It is. Okay. My, par- my mm-hmm. parents did that every day and failed utterly. Yeah. So Interesting. I, 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 I take your point about the showering and bathing, but take issue with the comb. Yeah, I don't know that it, I've ever done the wet comb thing, but not, I, I don't know. I think my mom just was just like, oh... We're going to keep your hair short, and that's how we're going <laughs> to deal with things like that. Simpler solution. Also fair. Um, all right, so level seven, Department of Magical Games and Sports, incorporating the British and Irish Quidditch League headquarters, official Gobstones Club, and Ludicrous Patents Office. So one of these things is not like the others, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, do we know what Gobstones is? Yes, we do. Um, it's a game not unlike marbles, except that gotcha. when things go wrong, it shoots foul-smelling liquid at you. Okay. Everything in this world does that. That's just the standard response to any issue or situation. Um, are there only ludicrous... Well, I guess this is more for questions, but it seems like there are only ludicrous patents, and this might have been the only way to get Spencer into patent law. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also have a new word that I didn't expect to actually be a word, um, and I kind of like it, and I also kind of hate it. It kind of feels like somebody just mashed two words together, juddered. Hmm. Um. Is that with D's or T's? J-U-D-D-E-R-E-D, juddered. Hmm. Um, I expected shuddered or something along those lines, uh, but it is what the lift does between... Uh, seven and six. Huh. It, it is just a word. I'd never heard that one before. Yeah, it is. Um, Feels like there was an onomatopoeia at some point. 
Yeah, and it kind of feels like somebody took Shuddered and couldn't pronounce the SH very well, um, <laughs> or something like that. Um, I will see if I can figure out its origins while we continu- continue this conversation. Um, I, I do like the Sarah, you mentioned the uh, no longer used owls, but the continually, vaguely omnipresent owl poop everywhere is, is kind of horrifying. Um, like, this was a significant problem, and we foisted it off onto Hogwarts, where all the students are, so they will all get pseudomonas. And that's how we're dealing with it. Because we know Dumbledore would find that hilarious. <laughs> yes. Um, I do have to mention the Muggle-worthy excuse committee. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I am curious. Let's, let's um, save that one for questions. I have that one highlighted twice with just utter <laughs> confusion. Yes. Um, and then one of the last things that I, I wanted to mention, I don't know, like this didn't have a good spot, but uh, so building levels in the UK are different than the ones in the US because mm-hmm. in the US, floor one is the ground floor. And in the UK, floor one is the first floor above ground floor. Mm -hmm. However, they're going down and they go from seven to two to the atrium. And it feels like JK Rowling doesn't actually live in the UK and (laughs) just sort of made a US person's mistake about describing something in the UK. But since they're underground, I don't know if that works. Um, And it also seems like it should be the other direction, but clearly not because this is sort of underground. So I do imagine that at some point the Ministry of Magic was above ground and they just sort of sank it, kind of like Seattle or some other cities that they're just like, eh, it's going down. We'll just cover it up. It's fine. Well, yeah, I think that that's probably true. And um, that explains the jumbled up floors. Also, I am sorely disappointed that they went in order. Like, that almost pissed me off. (laughs) Why? Why would it go in order? Like, nothing else does. Hogwarts, like, you never can take the same pathway between classes. Why would the Ministry of Magic have a clearly descending order? Well, here we are seeing the distinct differences between the running of the Ministry of Magic and the running of Hogwarts. (laughs) Sure. Bureaucracy in action. (laughs) I still disagree with it on principle. Mm. Okay, I have found the first use of Judder. (laughs) And it was? It was in 1931. Oh, it's new. In a book called Hatter's Castle... Um, and the quote is, the train entered this tunnel. It entered slowly, juddering in every bolt and rivet of its frame as the hurricane assaulted it. Hmm. Okay. They just, they just didn't want to use shutter. Well, anything further, BJ? Uh, I mean, that that's it for, for the big wheezes. I mean, I'll, I'll probably have some uh, other things to throw in later. Uh, okay. But we should definitely move on to newbie's notes because, Yes. Yes. I'll expect you to contribute. There is a lot. Uh, On your first point about the uh, wet comb, uh, speaking as a person with somewhat messy hair on every single day of my life for all eternity, uh, no, Molly, it never lays flat. There's no (laughs) amount of things that you can do to it to make it lay flat. You just learn to tolerate it or work around it. And also, this is basically a magical thing and also surprising that she hasn't tried to tackle this earlier and found this out previously. Like, he... He lived with them for a summer, basically. I I would enjoy if magic can fix all things other than Calyx. That would be very amusing to me. If that was just, no, magic is powerless before this particular work of hair. It does seem to be something that they cannot touch. It is, because his hair always grows out to the same length and messiness, like, no matter what happens to him. That's Mm. true. Uh, I'm still just kind of amused by the fact that Sirius is allowed in polite company at all when we get lines from him saying, and if not, I'll see to Amelia Bones for you. (laughs) It's like, dude, there's other people and you just obviously threatened to murder somebody. And everyone's just like, well, that's just what Sirius do. I I think they would also kind of condone it at this, like, 
this doesn't seem like a crowd of people that are just He's like condone the right. word. <laughs> It, 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 it must be weird for Harry basically having an attack dog of an uncle that is only vaguely on a leash. I mean, did you really expect them to make serious bones about it? <sighs> I'm moving on. Uh, I'm going to give credit to Arthur. I think it's probably a really good call on predicting that apparating into the ministry would be immediately noticed and immediately factor against Harry. That feels like a trap that they would have planned for them. And kudos to him for catching it before it happened. Uh... Also, Arthur's childlike fascination with everything muggle never stops being endearing. The guy is just so utterly amused by the minutia of life that we just walk past that you can't just feel the... You can't help but feel the excitement with him. Even broken ticket, mas- ticket stations still are just the world to him. Also, he's improving a lot. His outfit was not completely insane. It was mm-hmm. uh, pinstripe pants and mm-hmm. a bomber jacket and a... Well... If he was wearing nothing else underneath the jacket, it was completely insane. But let's assume there was something there. Yeah, he's getting better. It's part. It's part of his job, and he's working hard on it. Is the old telephone box thing as being a gateway to fantasy? Did that exist before Doctor Who? And has it just become a British touchstone at this point that every single <laughs> fantasy setting has to involve a gateway by means of old That's telephone a box? box? Hmm. That's a police box. Same category, for Pete's sake. <laughs> uh, I think the Phantom Tollbooth uh, would have predated that. I think that was a late 1800s. Nah. Uh, it I was old, so. though. Yeah. I do like the idea of the Phantom Tollbooth as the touchstone for this like particular... <laughs> Motif in British fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Um, while Sarah looks that up, I am very much amused by the oh. very... Hmm. 1961. Yeah. That's when it comes from? Mm-hmm. I figured it was older. It's still fairly old for fans. I think it takes place in an literature. older period, maybe? I don't know. Um, can we all comment that the fountain political propaganda by means of the adoring non-humans staring up at the wizards is just everything and tells me everything I need to know about the ministry? Yeah, we uh, had a lot of... There are a couple of, dis- of other things that you need to take <laughs> note of. Um, what else, PJ? Uh... Level 4, Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, incorporating mm-hmm. Beast, Being, and Spirit Divisions, Goblin Liaison Office, and Pest Advisory Bureau. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. It, 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 it's not good. This is the kind of statue that gets taken down in this day and age for people for obvious reasons. Uh, but it's there, and people are, as BJ noted, throwing coins of varying shapes and sizes at its base. Like, there's no issue at all with the... Various non-humans looking adoringly up at their masters. Also, of all places for there to possibly be a wishing well. (laughs) In the middle of the the main government facilities, odd? Well, not odd, but also a... Either they know a lot about the muggle world, or this could be a very problematic thing for people to be doing in the Ministry of Magic. Mm. I think it's interesting that the donations that are thrown into the well go to the uh, yes. <laughs> magical hospital, which... I mean, that was a good callback, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it does raise questions about how much the sort of, like, British healthcare system is... Oh, God. Or is not seeping into. <laughs> are there other charities in the Harry Potter world? Someone we've really heard about. Well, Hermione has a very interesting organization no, dedicated no, to... That, that's not no, a charity. No, She does not no. have a 501c <laughs> No, but you can become a member and get a badge for mm-hmm. a very minimal donation. Um, but kind of like professions, there might be... Like, there are four or five professions. There might be two charities, so... Um... Among the various bits of bureaucracy that I fundamentally don't understand and feel like they exist just for the sake of bureaucracy, the wand check makes no sense to me at all. (laughs) I really thought he was going to check his wand and give up his wand. Instead, they keep a card on his wand and then he gets his wand back. I don't don't see the point. Uh, Oh, I must have just skimmed over that because I thought he actually gave up his wand. My read of it twice was... I keep the card, you get your wand back. I thought it would be the other way around, unless I misread it completely. I think he kept both. I Like, I thought he kept both, but maybe, maybe I but don't know. 
You, uh, you, I'm you, gonna go back. You continue you, with your. You, you, you check. Uh, paper airplane little memos constantly flying the halls is adorable, and I will not ever be argued to otherwise. Uh, Harry saying hi to Kingsley and BJ. You, you, you are what, correct. I don't get it. I don't get what that what the what the point of that check is. Uh, yeah, I, I think it might be smuggling problematic wands in, maybe. Uh, but of any wand that would be problematic, the one that he has is super problematic. <laughs> so, uh, also, I think he might have realized that and then was like, I should not have returned that wand. Um, and <laughs> Arthur just was like, we are leaving now because you're never going to get this back. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry saying hi to Kingsley and Mr. Weasley having to catch him and slam on his foot is the most Harry thing ever. And I like that the people around him are now anticipating when Harry's about to do Harry things. <laughs> Uh, the hiccuping toaster, for some reason, just really tickled me. That just non-stop hiccuping toaster in the back of Arthur's office is just... That is a really delightful image to childlike me. Is that... It's not brave, be- it's hiccuping. <laughs> Do you identify with this toaster because, Spencer, you, in fact, hiccup? Yes, that is one of many reasons. Okay. Especially also- when hot things are in your, uh, receptacle. Luckily, I've got you, Sarah, to take them away from me before I just keep hiccuping <laughs> for the next hour. Indeed. Um... Percy walking out of the family photo is fascinating. Yeah. Just for further revealing how much I don't get how the photos work. (laughs) I mean, that he wouldn't want to hang around because presumably they chat otherwise, but he's also not a Weasley, so it's fine. But it also suggests that the photos are constantly in some ways connected to what the broader family dynamic is rather than being semi-sentient. They're effectively getting notes on what the family's presently doing or at least getting tips from what they're observing in the broader world. Or they're sentient and they kicked him out or he didn't want to be associated with them. I mean, I do well, imagine that a family picture in the Ministry of Magic has the same I don't want to be seen here in this shabby office that mm-hmm. the real Percy does. Mm-hmm. Also, it would make me so happy if Percy is referred to as Weatherby later in the series and he just... Like, 100% runs with it. We'll find out. Uh, we get two just off-references that just so more thoroughly expand how the magical world works that we have now the concept of anti-muggle pranksters. Didn't know that was a thing. That's a level of interaction the Ministry, I'm sure, just abhors. We also well, get... I mean, I feel like this isn't too different than... I mean, it's different in some ways, but I feel like this isn't, like, overly different from uh, what wizards that don't like muggles were doing before the uh quidditch matches and stuff like what? it's it's not quite the same but it's it's different what? yeah it's different in degree yeah and maybe possibly a little bit intent although that's where it gets a little squidgy um yeah but it's not unrelated i think you're right it, it suggests that that one event that we previously wrote off is a heinous one-off is in fact a more much more regular occurrence at varying levels. We had ca- yeah. The, the fact that it was occurring was shocking that they were even interacting with the Muggle world like that, much less torturing them. Now we're learning that that's just kind of constantly happening to the point that there's a regular enforcement kind of having to go on with respect to it. Uh, also, in that regard, magical law enforcement patrol. I don't think we'd ever previously heard of any kind of you know enforcement arm other than like the Orders. So now we know that's a thing. Mm-hmm. There are beat well, cops in the magical world. We kind of did discuss this about the ORs being FBI-like group rather yeah. than the police. Yeah. So I don't know if we but, knew about it or we discussed it as a thing. I don't think we specifically named it or have seen it, but we kind of assumed it would exist and now it does. So right. yes. we, we, we have um, a sensible thing in the world. And so the, the other thing that I wanted to mention, because I think it's around this point, is... Uh, Apparently, wizards breed crazy ass things, and <laughs> the fire breathing chicken. There it, are people that have to deal with it, mm-hmm. and it is kind of disconcerting given the relationship that wizards seem to have with magical creatures in general. Mm. Um, so we'll sort of see where that goes. That's actually, I given the relationship that uh, wizards have with magical creatures in general, I did a quick Google search. I was interested to see if we did have evidence of other 
um, charities in the magical world. Could not find any charities in the magical world. Like, it is not on any of the wikis or anything like that. So that's actually kind of an interesting blind spot in the world's creation. But I did find the website for um, the Protego Foundation, which is a real-life 501c3 um, that is an animal rights organization that is inspired by um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Harry Potter and the sort of like descriptions, as we have talked about ad nauseum, of um, the mistreatment of animals in the magical world to advocate for animal rights in the real world, uh, which I thought was actually like super interesting, uh, like an interesting crossover. Yeah, it is uh, something that really disconcerts me. Is there advocating for vegan butterbeer? Um, <laughs> I'm I'm curious now. Uh, is butterbeer supposed to actually contain butter or some other animal products that we're not aware of? No, I think it actually has butter in it. And if you okay. have like the Harry Potter cookbook and stuff like that, I think it becomes, it's almost like, I, I think it's something along the lines of like a hot buttered rum or something like that. Mm, um, yeah. At least... <laughs> Actually, I think the only Venn diagram of that is that it has butter beer in it, or it has butter in it. <laughs> but yes, it does have butter in it. I'm going to look that up. I am yeah. too. Well, while y'all search that, um, as a person who has had last second uh, courtroom hearing and judge changes and have to run across to other different buildings or into bowels of courthouses, I sympathize very much. It often does feel like it's intentional just to fuck with you on the day of the hearing. This one seems, though, like this is very much planned for the purpose of Harry not being there so a default judgment can be entered. And that's kind of messed up. That kind of gives us a bit of an impression about what the fairness level of this hearing is going to be. What also is intimidating is Arthur's just talking to himself phrase of, I can't think why they're doing it down there unless, but no, Mm -hmm. trail off with no further explanation. Don't know what this is, but it doesn't sound good. This sounds like they're invoking a witch trial provision in a way that, and I mean that in our muggle sense rather than just a regular trial as a witch trial probably is in their world, um, way of going about things. And that is further intimidating for Harry's sake. Also, just to complete that gamut, uh, Arthur's saying he can't go in there. Are guardians or parental figures not allowed at these hearings? Is Arthur not allowed Is it because he's an employee? Not explained. Arthur just pieces out and Harry has to now walk into what he's been fully intimidated by, even before the changes, completely solo. God go with you, my son. I mean... <laughs> the chapter just ends. Everything about the latter half of this chapter is actually the quintessential nightmare that we all have, right? Oh, yeah. That we've forgotten where our class is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that we've never studied for it in the first place, that they've moved it, they've changed the time, that it's a different subject than what we thought we were studying for. And all of a sudden we're walking in completely unprepared and cow licked up. Um, it's a wonder that he actually had clothing on at all at this point, because this is just like such an actual nightmare. Yeah. It is very much the wheels coming off story. Just each each step of the way, something worse is happening as it's piling up until you get to the moment of where suddenly it's here. Spencer, have you literally had the nightmare of showing up to court in jeans and a t-shirt? It's Florida. They'd let me in. <laughs> I didn't say... I might, they I might be well-dressed. Fair um, enough. Uh, well, would it be more, more appropriate for jeans and t-shirt than, like, a bathing suit and a wife beater? I haven't seen that yet, but it's only a matter of time. Until then, Sarah... <laughs> How are you going to decide who wins and loses this chapter? I These, uh, like, chapters on the move are really, really hard um, mm. for this. Because I would I would say it, the first half of this chapter, I would give Arthur a clear win because he got to do all kinds of muggle things. However, mm-hmm. by the end of the chapter, he is very, very stressed and very, very worried. Um, so I'm not sure, sure if that outweighs it or not because it was a really excellent beginning of the chapter for him. Um, um, I feel like Shacklebolt had a pretty good chapter. Okay. He is sort of a minor character. And while it's not on screen, the fire-breathing chicken is going to have a bad day that might be essentially concluded in this chapter. <laughs> That's, that is a fair point. And to, to your point about Kingsley Shacklebolt, you know he's getting out of work by seven and getting Molly's meatballs. A hundred percent. I, um, I, I did think to myself when we saw the fire-breathing chicken that, oh, that's how that's where Nashville hot chicken comes from. 
And, now I know. And that's why the toaster is hiccuping. Um, very, much, very much so. I mean, that is how you get a flying toaster. But, I mean, Sarah, I, I think I'm kind of with you with Arthur ultimately winning. Really, nobody else has anything other big or bad happen to him. It's a bad turn of events for Arthur, but I think he still had a good enough start. He ends net positive. Yeah. Whereas everybody else yeah. barely moves, and Harry just gets getting worse by the second. And to be fair, even though... Arthur is like completely stressed out by the end of the chapter. It is actually a win for him that they got there early enough that they were able yeah, to very true. make it at all. Um, yeah, and only show up five minutes late. Yeah, so I... Um, all right, I'm, I'm very comfortable with giving the win to Arthur for this chapter. Um, other options for losers, I mean, I guess we could put Harry as a loser, but he's kind of at a steady state. A steady state of suck. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, he, get, he does suffer the the walking nightmare at the end. He does. Words. Back back out of the chapter, everything that could go wrong does go wrong in the way that only his nightmares could accomplish. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly that is true. Um, you know, I so, also wonder too. I don't think that this is a fair as an ultimate loser, but um, well, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to hear y'all's thoughts on it. Um. Sirius being stuck at home uh, during this process is is rough. We only see him very briefly at the beginning of the chapter, but we got in the last chapter his sort of like wishful thinking, hopeful, maybe I could come with you to the hearing yeah. as support. And, you know, he is once again being locked up um, or confined in the house. This is uh, well before the acceptance of ESAs. So... Um... There's no way that that scruffles can come along. <laughs> I mean, he he was hoping for walkies, and said he's been placed in the crate now for like the entire book. This is I not. Mean, but that's. A, I feel like this is his normal state of being since not no longer being a prisoner of Azkaban. So, I mean, it. it yeah. I mean, sometimes he gets to do stuff, and they're like highlights. But for the most part, he spent like the entire last book. Not able to go anywhere, or do anything on the run, so, in hiding. Um, this, this is true, but I, I feel that his how often or how blatantly he threatens to murder people was kind of a suggestion <laughs> of his present mental state, and him just casually dropping it at the breakfast table doesn't say good things about where he's at. Sure. When Arthur is saying Amelia Bones is one of the good ones too. Yeah, she's like, don't don't care. We'll I will feast on her bones if need be by the end of this. <laughs> So, uh, who are our options for losers? Sirius, the Harry, 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 or the chicken, or the fire-breathing yes. chicken. Um, I, hmm, I don't. There might be dissent on this, but I actually really do think that it's serious for this chapter. I feel like we don't know enough. Yes, Harry is stressed and has been living a sort of nightmare in which he is running through the Ministry of Magic, uh, late and uncertain about things, but. We actually don't have a ton of information about how this is going to go yet, um, because he has sure. not mm. walked in that door. Um, I have no hopes we'll even find out next chapter. There's going to be some other delay before the hearing actually happens. Maybe by chapter 12, the hearing will actually occur. <laughs> well, I don't know that the hearing is ever going to occur. I feel like this is going to be like something happens and they're like, all right, well, we're not doing this. I like the idea that this whole book is just a sort of waiting for Godot nightmare and we just run around the halls of the Ministry of Magic for the next 500 pages. <laughs> um, questions? And you okay. think the chicken's going to turn out well, so... Uh... <laughs> mm. I'm just taking the Wizarding World stance that the concerns of magical creatures are not my concerns. <laughs> That sounds about right, and that's why there needs to be a 503C in the real world for them. Um, odd questions. Uh, Tonks's hair, Does she, when she wakes up, is this just a reflection of her state of mind and mood, or does she actively pick what her hair is going to be each morning? That's a really that's a really good question, because she obviously can pick what her hair is going to be at any given moment. I have no idea what the kind of resting state is is if it fluctuates with her moods or if it's always what she has chosen hmm so we start the day with blonde and curly and it's i we don't have enough data points to know whether that is her default kind of you know 
sleeping perm or whether she actually <laughs> whether it's what her current state of mind is. Yeah, I don't. It's a it's a great question. I, I have no idea. Okay, so we'll find the out. question that we didn't ask. Uh, it's cream soda uh, and either butterscotch and butter or extracts thereof. Yes, and then there's some sort of whip topping on top. Um, and so it is actually full of animal products. <laughs> yes. Um, and cream, well, so cream soda, caramel extract and butter abstract aren't unless you want like, and then you can do like a, a heavy whipped cream topping. Yeah. But if you do uh, the real butter version. Right. Um, I, Spencer, would you like this? I, I don't know where you, cause you do like ice cream and sweet drinks, uh, milkshakes and the like. And this is like adjacent, but you don't drink soda. I would drink this if for no other purpose that it just looks like the most odd combination of things I'd want to know. I'd feel compelled to give it a try and find out. All right, this is what we're having the next time we're all together. Oh, dear God, what have I done? Okay, <laughs> we'll, find, we'll, see, we'll see how this goes. Walked into an obvious... Consequence to Ob things that you were saying. <laughs> Obvious for two out of three people on this call. One was completely in the dark with even what his own words were leading him to. Uh, Muggle-worthy excuse committee, go on. Does this come up again, or is this just a one-off? Because... I, well, you go ahead. I... No, no. Because I expect it to be a one-off, and that's a disappointment. Yeah, it's a one-off, but I do think that we have... Um, I do think that we have evidence of how this has come into play in the world, right? If we think okay. about um, when uh, Peter blew himself up, Peter Pettigrew blew himself up. Um, mm. Yes, there was a lot. There were uh, uh, the the yeah, obliviators who came in and erased a lot of memories. But they also had to have okay, what's the story of what happened here? And um, that was the, as you said, Spencer, the gas, the gas explosion. Um, right. It, it, it's the men in back equivalent of where they can do the little flashy thing, but then they need to invent a story about swamp gas from Venus yes. to then explain things going forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we actually, in in a later book, we get a lot of this where some batshit stuff is going down, and there's a like full on like PR campaign to convince people that cool. it's bad weather or weird currents or you know what whatever it is sure um or bad infrastructure which <laughs> there's no reason both magic and bad infrastructure spending can't be true in the uk i'm sure bad infrastructure gets them a lot of mileage <laughs> um bj i got like two or three more you, you got one though um I can come up with one, but I am uh, actively doing the potterquizzes.com <laughs> Ministry of Magic quiz. You, so. you do that. Yes. Spencer, what have you got? Uh, the alliance that is represented by this very much propaganda fountain. Is this a long-term thing, or how recently has this, you know, uniting of the magical races occurred? Because I know we've had, like, a long history of, like, goblin revolts and heavy tensions. Yeah. Um, is, is, this, is this a relatively new state of being, or is this reflecting ancient history? That's... An interesting question. I'm looking it up to see if I can get a quick, like, actual answer. My gut instinct is that... My gut instinct is that it might be relatively recent and have to do with the First Wizarding War hmm. um, as a sort of, like, coalition of convenience. Um, it, it, it felt that kind of aspirational of where we need some kind of monument like this to, you know, heal wounds. Yeah, and I'm not, um, I'm not sure, that would be my guess, um, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. Do we have an actual name for the statue? Is it called a particular oh. thing? No, I think it just says it's a fountain and it has a plaque. I don't remember that there was anything on the, the plaque itself, but okay. I can uh, look that up while Spencer, you, you take the quiz that I put in chat because <laughs> uh, I'm curious where, oh, where you the, will end up. It's the Fountain um, of Magical Brethren. Okay, yeah. That, so that, that feels very much in the category you're talking about. So. And, yeah. and that there is, well, I mean, but like the choices of things that they have in there is a little weird for like it to be a wizarding war unless uh I, as i remember centaurs weren't like a problem i imagine that goblins were much more of one 
may I like I don't know where house elves would have fallen, but yeah. I don't know. It just seems like an odd yeah. group to have to be there. Um. So yeah, and I'm not getting there. There, there isn't. Uh, and there are a, absolutely a spoilers info. in the wiki about it. So um. okay. That, okay. that, that sounds so, about right. All right, so, well, we can what, deal with that some other time. Well, we see what? this fountain many, many times in the future, is okay. what I will tell you. Okay. But I don't I don't um, know how... It, do, it does not indicate how long it's been there. Um, well, a uh, question, uh, if you can answer it, if it isn't too spoilery. I'm assuming that Arthur expected to be able to attend Harry's hearing before it was moved. Mm-hmm. Do I have that correct? I think so, but I don't know that we're clear on that. Um, it, it's... Harry was certainly operating under the assumption that Arthur was going to be there. But yes. I, I, I agree they hadn't specifically said either way. Yeah, I don't know because Arthur does just turn away from the room very quickly. Well, it, it seemed like previously that they were just kind of anticipating that the hearing would just take place in Amelia Bones' office. It was just going to be a kind of yes. like a, a private informal affair. Yeah. But I'm not sure that he was expecting to go into that meeting either and i only i only say that because like he's not explicitly told not to go into the courtroom for the hearing with him so it seems like he would it seems to me like he was just functioning under the same assumption that um he already would have been um you know working under in amelia bone's office yeah, that, that that was what my, what my question was going to kind of kind of be: is that does this reveal something that's unique about that hearing, or is it just not really clear from what event, what facts we have? I don't know that it's really clear. My assumption is that the hearing was always was supposed to just be Harry talking to whoever was holding the hearing. Um, mm-hmm. But so, uh, I'm I'm looking. Well, if that's the case, there's no like Dumbledore swooping in to save the day kind of thing. It's. Which makes this all the worse. Well, I don't, so he's not, I, I think that he, well, we'll see. Okay, we'll find out. Um, most of my other questions, I'm just very much assuming, I are desperately hoping will be answered next chapter. Is there actually going to be a hearing next chapter? I haven't seen what the title or the picture is yet. Just tell me. The title of the chapter is The Hearing. Thank you, Christ. <laughs> so, we have been teased by this the entire book. <laughs> Is there, are there other departments in the Ministry of Magic? Because it seems like we went through all of the floors and it feels like we're missing some stuff. Yeah, I don't know that we went through every floor. Okay. Uh, And I don't know that they announce all of the departments at every floor either. You know? Okay. Like if it's, yeah. Because like like the auras were were in this, uh, on Arthur's floor, but like I don't think it was actually announced. Like, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, BJ, what yes. department did you get? Um, I got uh, the Department of Mysteries, which <laughs> feels about right. That So uh, I went through, I will say I went through and picked which department I thought each of you would get while I was reading this chapter. And I did, in fact, pick the Department of Mysteries <laughs> for you, BJ. I have not done this yet, that but tracks. I will do it immediately after our call and find out. Okay, well, I... Spencer, the whole point is so we can share it on the podcast. Oh, it's only like six questions. I think okay. it'll be you, fine. Y'all, y'all do the um, exit and I'll do it right now. Wait, isn't Friday so, Night Lights a show, not a movie? Uh, I thought it was both. Okay. I think it was a, a movie and then a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it's particularly spoilery. I mean, there are a bunch of characters that I wasn't super familiar with, but it doesn't say anything about the characters. And then... There are a bunch of, uh, I think there, like, there are things that if you have read through all of Harry Potter, you know more about, but, mm-hmm. like, this, it feels like sometimes these quizzes are, like, which terrible thing that happened late in the books, and it's just like, well, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to need a dictionary to be able to answer even the first question on this quiz. <laughs> uh, I'll pick the word I know. The, the Wait, the first, oh my god, what, what are we doing? <laughs> um... So, I don't know. Um, do I have any other questions about this chapter? I, I feel like most of my questions about this chapter are, uh, like, super minor. Um, I'm also kind of amused that we still get, like, the moving through the blank picture. And I really do, like, I kind of want to drill down into that. But, like, I feel like it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Is it a thing? Or is this just a, a, a an invisible herring? I... 
I don't remember to be honest. No, no, it's a thing. I think. Okay. I think it's a thing. Um, I got the Department of Magical Accidents and Catastrophes. Interesting. <laughs> that that's kind of surprising. I guess I don't know what I would have expected. Um, also, I can't imagine that you didn't put that you wanted to hang out in the library. I did, in fact, yes. Um, and I, I was tempted, but I felt like that that would be kind of a, a give me something that wasn't quite appropriate, and hanging out in the. Uh, astronomy area was a little bit more more uh, true to form. Fair enough. I will say, if I were just picking like from the list of where I want to work, um, I, the Muggle excuses it has to be fairly high up. Muggle there, excuses given that is basically a job that you had. <laughs> Muggle excuses would be fun. I also um, like the I. I have a. Uh, I really like the Department of Magical Transportation. Okay. I really like trains. So, um, huh. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I got my department. What is it, Spencer? Um, uh, department of Magical Law Enforcement. That's okay. a little bit surprising, but fairly on brand. Yeah. Well, uh, to be I fair... I didn't expect you to be in the crazy patents office. This department <laughs> serves as both the police force and the judiciary. Yeah, there a, couple, a legal answer or two, I'm sure, hit me in that direction. Yes. Yeah, most likely. Um, Sarah, if you're ever in Southern California, there is a train, I believe, called the Surfliner. Okay. That sort of uh, goes and up and down the beach, I think sort of between L.A. and San Diego, but it might be other things. Cool. I would be very into that. Um, so this has been fun, guys. <laughs> it has. As usual. I- I, I'm obviously looking forward to the next chapter, yes. which is almost yes. uncontrollable desire. We have the hearing. Uh, Do you want to uh, look at the picture for us, Spencer? I'm looking now. It is so many Kindle pages away from where I presently am. <laughs> <laughs> there are other well, ways to do that, Spencer. Podcast okay. professional oh. that you are. <laughs> that is intimidating. That I don't know exactly who that is, other than they've got a, what appears to be a giant W on their on their shoulder, just staring down at Harry with a. Seemingly a legion of other fellow fellow observers behind him. Yeah, we are looking... Also, Harry looks really young. Yeah, we are looking from kind of behind and below Harry um, sitting in a chair with some sort of, like, amphitheater going up. Very intimidating I'm guessing it's W for wizard, and that seems very lazy. It's, um... And, well, I can tell you because we've already gotten the word. It's W for wizengamut. Oh, okay. Oh, this is That's that. right, yeah. No. Well, y'all, I'm definitely looking forward to the next chapter, and it will be a pleasure to talk about it with you. Absolutely. Sounds good. Bye, y'all.